MTV Breaks is a platform that helps young people break into creative industry careers because we know how hard it can be to get your foot in the door. This podcast was recorded live at MTV Music Week in Plymouth, where we hosted four days of MTV Breaks career panel talks. Whether you're interested in building your own brand and social media following from scratch or leading the creative of a signature television show, our creative industry insiders are here to help as they reveal their top tips on how to play the game and get the edge and bag that dream career. I find it so interesting hearing about how people in the creative industry got into their jobs because there's no specific route, is there? There's Everyone no has found a different way to get in. Yeah, and it's not like you have to go to uni and it's not like you have to go to music right. business school. Anything can happen. In this panel, hosted by me, Becca Dudley, Assistant Manager at Red Light Management, Danny Angove, DBS Music Tutor, Matt Ward, Head of TV at Caroline International, Mel Meadows, and Makeup Artist to the Stars, Dolly Essence, discuss how they landed their roles they're in now. Hi, everybody. Hello, welcome. Uh, this is a panel for What Do You Do? Um, and I think this is a very important one because I don't know about you guys, but for me, I went to a very academic school where probably the most creative thing you could do was fine art. And there was no media studies. There was no introduction into all the different jobs in the creative world. So for me, I kind of just had to drop myself in and go and explore. So I think this panel is great because we're going to give you a bit of an insight into all of the different mad and weird and jobs that you wouldn't expect in the creative industry. So um, just a bit of background on myself. I'm Becca Dudley, um, and I am a TV presenter. I've been the, the face, I guess, of MTV since 2012. Uh, so it's been about seven years. And I'm also a DJ and a radio presenter. I do stuff for Beats One, which is Apple Music's radio station. Um, and yeah, I guess a bit of a slasher, some would call me. Um, but let's go down <laughs> the panel and um, if everyone could just introduce yourselves and maybe say what you do in the industry and just give us maybe your job title and what that means. Yeah, so we'll start with you, Danny. Okay, hi, I'm Danny Angove and I'm a manager's assistant at Red Light Management, who are a music management company. We deal with, oh, I do Rye X, um, Way Out West, Nick Warren and a bunch of other amazing artists. Love Riot. Um, he's incredible, isn't he? Oh, <laughs> Sorry, just to butt in. Fan. He's amazing. Um, and I also run a music website called oneononemusic.co.uk. And we do sort of interviews and reviews and just shout about the music we love, basically, because there's so much amazing stuff out there. Yeah, that's me. Nice, thank you. Thanks, Danny. Hi, I'm Matt Ward. Um, I'm currently a tutor at DBS Music Plymouth over the road. And my background's DJing, kind of cut my teeth playing vinyl and then CDs and now a digital DJ. And I'm a modular synthesis enthusiast. So those cool spaghetti type synthesizers. Um, I'm a Logic certified pro and I run a record label called Pink Penny Records since 2003. I worked for GWR Radio for two years. Um, I did festival management for six years and um, came out of the same studio as Muse, called Coom Z Studios and S Club 7, uh, which are all, <laughs> which are all um, Devon. Very juxtaposing there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and generally now I'm kind of in the education side of things, but I DJ in Chicago, Berlin, and just various festivals, playing live and spinning tunes. Awesome. <laughs> Hi guys, my name is Dolly Essence. My job is very more simple than that. But yeah, I'm a makeup artist and I've been doing makeup for about four years now. I work closely with musicians, models, 
And yeah, that's the, that's the main. Yeah, that's it, basically. We can tell by your very fresh face right now. <laughs> yeah. looking you know what, this took about 30 minutes, by the way. I was, yeah, this was no a rush. Way. Literally, and I was even surprised with myself because I was like, <laughs> no, I was like, what am I going to do? I was like, I need to do the quickest face beat and this is, this is it. This is the outcome. So. Girl, I'm thank good you. at my job. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lovely, thank you, Dolly. No problem. Hey, oh, Mel. Yeah, that's why you're so good at your job. <laughs> um, I'm Mel Meadows. I am head of TV at Caroline International, which is the label services part of Universal Music. Um, I also work for a frontline label which is like the sister of that called Fiction Records and my basic job is to get our artists promoted on TV so that's either doing performances on shows like Later with Jules Holland or working with MTV to get their videos on um, or having them on to chat about their music on something like BBC Breakfast or Sunday Brunch or the news, all sorts of different things. Um, and then we also look at things like visual content nowadays, so working with all the different kind of DSPs um, and social media, people that are increasingly making really interesting things with artists. So it's all about basically helping our artists to get out there and people to hear about them and know more about them. So is another word for that TV plugger or is that a yes. different job? Okay. No, that's very much it. That's kind of the basics of it is, is chatting to these lovely guys and yeah. persuading them that our artists are the best artists and that they should be on everything that they ever do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. So, Dolly, can you talk to me a little bit about how your journey into becoming a makeup artist? The journey. Okay, let's talk. <laughs> so, makeup is something that I knew I was good at. It was just one of my passions. And I remember in 2013, is like that's when I realized I could generate an income at something I love doing. But let me just tell you the story. So I was in Atlanta for about a month and I was just doing some regular shopping and I came across some, an accessory store. And I was looking around and I saw this, um, the brooch and it said, I do makeup. And I wasn't doing makeup at the time, but I knew that I would initially need this so I looked at it and I said I'm gonna I'm gonna literally need this I don't know when but it's gonna come into play one day so I bought it and then two years later I started makeup and I used to walk around with the I do makeup brooch it was sparkly yes. it was beautiful and it was just like a little addition to you know that's real manifestation do, yeah. isn't it literally it's like I look, when I looked at it I was like I don't know when I'm gonna need this but I know it's gonna come into play I don't know when but I'm just gonna trust it and I go with the flow I'm very spiritual I'm just like yeah this is me I don't know when but you're gonna, I'm going to need you soon, so let's, let's go. Let's go back to London. So I took it, and then um, in 2015, I started doing my professional makeup. I'm self-taught, so I didn't go to school for it. I literally just did my thing. But I treat makeup as an art, so it's like, you know, no one teaches you how to draw. It's just a natural thing. You know how to draw. And then with, with makeup, it's just, you know, painting on people's faces. You have a canvas, you're doing the thing. So... Um, yeah, that was my journey. And you make it sound like later. it's a really easy job. It is not, and that's why know, most of us don't do it. Because I feel like when you're actually doing makeup, it's like, how do people not know how to do makeup? But it's like, with anything that you're naturally good at, it's just, it's just natural, do you know what I mean? Mm. So, yeah, um, for me, it was just, okay, I'm good at this. I was doing so many things before. I've always kind of been driven by the things that I'm passionate about, and makeup was one of them, but I didn't know when, like I said, it will come into play. So when it did, I went with it. I didn't know how long it was going to work out for, but this is me for now, and then I went with the flow, and here I am. And, yeah, who knows where I'm going to be in a couple of years, but this is where I am now. I'm, I'm embracing it, and it's working, so. Killing yeah. it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and Mel, how about you? What sort of led you into artist promotion? Um, I started off kind of as a performer, I suppose. Like no way. Maybe a lot of us. So um, I was just in loads of bands, basically. Nothing massive. What did you play? Um, I sang. Ah. I always want to say at that point, I was the bass player, but I sang. <laughs> no, I mean, that's pretty annoying. rock and roll, yeah. singer. What kind of music um, was it? 
it was just a whole mix of like starting off with mates at school and doing covers and then trying to write some stuff and then basically I just ended up being the person that was like always booking the gigs and doing the flyers and sorting out the set list and doing all basically the behind the scenes stuff and gradually I just kind of realised that maybe that's what I should go into and maybe that's what I actually really enjoy and so that kind of started a journey which led me going to London and it took it's actually took a really long time to get like a foot in the door it's quite difficult to kind of get that first job that's why internships are so brilliant and can like get you places and um that took a really long time I eventually started off properly by getting a phone call one day from a temp agency who I registered with because I knew they were really into music companies and they said can you go and work at Abbey Road Studios today just on reception and I was like yep I'll be there. I'll be there in an hour. Oh, that's awesome. And I basically did that for a day. Then they asked me that the next day. asked me that the next day. And I ended up working there. And I got a job there at the time. It was owned by EMI Records. And that was, like, my in, basically. And from that point, I just hassled everyone there, saying, I really want to work at a label. That was my dream. And um, they had links into the label. And eventually, I just tried to do extra things, work all the time, volunteer to come in and do events for them. And that led me eventually to a job at a label in marketing. And then I switched to promotion as soon as I could um, and just travelled on from there, really. Mm. I find it so interesting hearing about how people in the creative industry got into their jobs because there's no specific route, is there? There's no Everyone path. has found a different way to get in. Yeah. And it's not like you have to go to uni and it's not like you have to go to a music right. business school. Anything can happen. But it's very much kind of about who you know. There mm. is a bit of that, connections and just putting the work in really, putting the effort in and the hours to just take any opportunity you can, even if it's not exactly what you want to do, because it will lead to something else for sure. You just got to keep going. Basically. So true. How many people on the panel studied at uni or at school what they do now? None of us. <laughs> I did fashion at uni and now I'm doing something pretty different. So it's interesting. And I think that's really cool as well, because... It's nice to know that you can just change your mind and you don't always have to know exactly what you're going to do from the age of 16. We kind of hammer that into us at school, don't they? Like, what are you going to be? What are you going to do? But actually, we're all still kind of working it out. I know people in their 30s who, and 40s who are changing their careers and mixing it up. So, yeah, it's cool. Especially nowadays, people don't have the same career the whole time, definitely. Absolutely. And also, even within a career, there's tons of different avenues to go down so and you can have multiple yeah. as well yeah <laughs> like me <Slasher>. exactly <laughs> <laughs> okay so danny let's chat to you um you're obviously managing artists on a one-to-one -one basis yeah. what are some key um characteristics that you need to be good at that job on a very dull level i think you need to be really organized to be honest with you um, especially when you're dealing with a wide range of clients who might all be putting albums out or singles or touring at the same time. Um, it's just a lot to keep on top of. Mm. But other than that, I think you need to be, you know, you need to really believe in the artists you're dealing with and believe in the music they're putting out and what they stand for as well. Um, I think you need to be, I think you need to be happy to network and happy to, you know, put yourself out there and talk to anyone in the room. And you just need to be nice to people at the very backbone of it, you know? I just think if you're nice to people, you believe in what you do, and you give it everything you possibly can, and every hour you can, then something's going to come of it. Yeah, that's so true. I think that's something we're going to touch on in a bit, like networking and the power of just, like, using your relationships and being nice to everybody. Like, for me, I've, I 
when I was the new TV presenter, I was working with work experience and runners, and now they are my bosses, basically. <laughs> so um, you can kind of lose your place like later on in your career if you were basically, a, can I say the B word? No. <laughs> <laughs> Which a lot I'll of say people it for are. you. Um, yeah, don't be an arse, basically. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, when you get to a certain level, um, ultimately everybody wants to make a little bit of music, um, money. So, you know, don't be an arse. Yeah. And you'll be good. Yeah. That's <laughs> really important. I always tell my artists that as well of when you're starting out and you think you're sort of bigger than you are, like, you've got to just be kind to everyone and just remember that they're in a similar position to you because you never know never at know. what point that runner who you scolded because your tea wasn't quite right is then <laughs> going to be the person that wants to book you on something so true um, and then matt you actually started off as a dj right mm -hmm. yeah so how did you get into djing and what were some of the challenges you faced like when you were trying to make it mm, well um I, I went to a record shop basically for on every friday afternoon and spent my hard-earned cash on vinyl and just um started to speak to the record guys that were selling the records and um, kind of edged my way into a nightclub, you know, just by blagging it, um, <laughs> just sending out tapes, knocking on doors, sending CDs, and then finally got a gig. And then kind of, you know, that turned into a 15-year residency. You know, oh, catch. I, I warmed up for Carl Cox, Sasha, John Digweed, and just was predominantly a warm-up DJ. Sick. Um, yeah. Did you find what, what sort of difficulties were there as a I mean it's hard it's very hard a lot of people always come to me and ask me how to get into DJing it's so saturated everyone wants to be one because it looks so cool and glam um, but what were some of the the, the tougher points of, of making it well um well definitely don't give up you know like that's the that's the main point um, yeah, it's the relentless yeah, ones that get yeah, through right yeah so just keep going with it um <laughs> learn your trade practice as much as possible and you know, find your niche as well. Um, make sure that you're, you know, you respect your own worth because you're putting in so much energy into, you know, um, preparing DJ sets, getting equipment together, and you know, double your um, your wages and just you know, put yourself out there. Um, one of the things is um, which has been important for me. One of the setbacks is lots of gigs where people wouldn't pay you. So one of the things that I did is I doubled my fee and just went for it and just sent it all out to say, listen, I can do this gig, uh, but it's going to cost you double the amount. And actually, quite a few people took it, you know. Wow. So, so um, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into DJing and it's not just turning up and playing records. It's about the, you know, selecting, finding, downloading, going to... Um, putting all your stuff in your car, getting there. So loads of different stuff. And just, you know, just keep going at it and bang on every door possible. Yeah, nice. Um, now, Dolly, what is... Can you tell us one thing that people didn't tell you about being a makeup artist? Is there anything that, like, we wouldn't expect that job to be about, you know? Hmm. It's a tricky one. I would say, well, this for me, this is something that you kind of would know, but working under pressure, knowing that yeah. potentially you could be, you'd have to do a face beat in about 20 minutes. We need her ready at this time. There's never enough it. time, is There's there? Never I time. always feel sorry for hair and makeup because Literally. they're just like, here, you've got 10 minutes, go and make her look fabulous it's and TV like, yeah, ready. Yeah, it gives me anxiety sometimes. It's like, yeah. someone will come in every five minutes, just let me know you've got 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Another thing that I think is quite tough about your yeah. job is you have to have social skills because you're left with the artist or whoever it is yeah. for, you know, an hour or maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you kind of tend to be an agony aunt. Do you yeah. find that? I'm glad you said that because actually thinking that when I, when I got the email, the question, I was like, yeah, this is, yeah, like a therapist. Sometimes they could be going through something and you have to give advice. You know, you have to listen to their problems and stuff like that. Yeah. It's true. But my makeup artists know, know all about my life. I don't know what it is no, about no, that makeup chair. Yeah, no, seriously, that makeup chair, oh, everything is spilled. The tea is spilled. <laughs> literally, yeah, you have to clean up. Yeah, literally. But, do you know, I love it because I love talking to people and just getting to know them. It's more than just doing someone's face and making them feel good. You know, it's ma making them feel good internally, emotionally. It is, it's all a package, but I enjoy it. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stop it. I love it. Talk to me. I'm here. Let me let me paint your face and talk to you. Anyone want the makeup done today? Yeah. She's here for you. Literally, yeah. Mate. I love it though. Honestly, it's the best. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem like a really fun mm -hmm. job. Yeah. Um, and Amel, what tips and tricks would you give to people who are interested in doing what you do? Um, I'd say the main thing is just start wherever you are. Like, you don't have to be in London to be in the industry. You can do it anywhere. There's music happening everywhere. There are bands playing everywhere. Um, I would just get involved as much as you can from as early a point as possible. So if you're at uni, get involved with the student union and putting on shows and events. Uh, get involved with the student radio side of things, with the SRA, or a fantastic area. And so many of the DJs that you hear on radio now, radio broadcasters, um, started off in that area and then have gone on to like Radio 1 and all sorts. Um, I said the same with like find out what's going on in terms of like local festivals and where can you just get involved, start volunteering, start helping. Is there a band that you happen to see that you really liked? Could you help them out? Could you help them sort of schlep their gear about? And you'll eventually just start meeting people. If you're really into music, like do what Danny's been doing and like start a blog or reviews, start being in the place where you know make a playlist and your mates sort of come to you every few weeks with the new music. You can even, you'll be surprised at how many artists, especially nowadays, would be really open to just chatting direct. Since the advent of social media, you can DM your most of your favorite artists and if you wanna ask them something or are they coming to your local town to do a gig, maybe ask them if they wanna like do an interview with you or something or can you come and work or shadow them during the show. Like people are more open than you expect. And I've just found more and more like if you don't ask, you don't get, even if it seems like a ridiculous kind of question, just it's so just worth true. an ask. And people are really always impressed by someone who's enthusiastic and passionate about stuff. And that counts for so much. And eventually you'll just start meeting people that can get you somewhere. Or if you apply for a job, you've got all this experience and then it can suddenly get you to the next level. So true. And it's like if you are interested in doing a creative job, you kind of have to be prepared that it's not gonna be a nine to five and then you switch off and go home. It's like you said, you have to really be passionate about it and completely throw yourself in because it becomes your life, right? Yeah. I'd really, Very sorry, so. just to briefly interject, I'd really like to double down on it. It doesn't matter where you are. I actually grew up in Plymouth about 10 minutes around the corner from here. Way. Yes, <laughs> big up Plymouth. Um, and you know, I knew nobody in the music industry. I had no connections, no family connections. And I think there is this illusion at times, particularly when you grew up in a relatively rural part of the country, that you have to have some way in, but you can make your own way in. You know, It's such a cliche, but you can make it for yourself. It's like what Mel was saying. Um, so I started a music website when I was 15 years old, and I sort of started it partly out of stubbornness from being told. I used to write for another website, was told I wasn't good enough for it. 
And then I started my own because I was 15 years old and knew everything, clearly. <laughs> um, but it's still going, still going. That's another topic. incredible. It's another topic of conversation. But um, yeah, and I started that from the corner of my school's ICT suite. And I had a little, I was like, okay, I've got this thing on my hands now. What do I want to do? And I was like, well, I want to talk to some musicians because they seem really cool. And so I emailed a few bands and a band called Wheatus, who wrote a song called Teenage Dirtbag, which is Chew. an absolute anthem. Big, yes, um, that was a soundtrack to my early yeah, teens. many times. <laughs> um, got back to me and said, yeah, send over some questions and we'll answer them for you. And I was like, this is never going to happen, but I'll send them over anyway. And they got back to me. And people kept getting back to me. And then I built up a little network around me. And yeah, things went from there, really. So it doesn't matter where you are, just make it for yourself. Really, it's possible. So true. What was your favorite, favorite thing about what you do? Ooh. If you were selling your job if to I someone. If I was selling my job, I think just being, it's, again, I sound like such a walking cliche, but being involved in music that I love, you know? Yeah. Like the Ryex campaign, we put an album out in February. He's done an amazing tour. I personally, as a fan, I think he's amazing. And the same for all my other clients as well. And I just think being able to like hear a song go from demo through to pre-master to master to actually going out and maybe on the radio if we're lucky, you know? That's just such a rewarding thing and it's great. You, you do have a little like fanboy moment of, oh my God, it's on the radio. <laughs> when you so hear cool. it. I know him, yeah, I, I know just, him. <laughs> you just think it's just such a cool feeling. It never gets old, you know? Yeah. Like, even though I've only been doing it for a few years, it just never grows old and I hope it never does. It's amazing. Now, Matt, you feel like it was a, a very natural progression into tutoring and teaching. No, no. It was, I was just literally in a studio and um, one of the teachers said, you know, uh, we haven't got a tutor, can you teach? And I was like, <laughs> shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll give this a go. You know, 30 students, like, you know, one computer. I'm like, what am I going to do here? Um, and, and, and that progressed and I started to, you know, to do it part time. And, and I've been teaching for 18 years now. And some, you know, some interesting stats are a lot of people in the creative industry, there's all, all of the alumni students there's about 60% which do some kind of teaching you know so uh, teaching is a good route and you know when you're learning your trade learn it as if you're going to teach it and um, you know you can make an good income advice. as well on the side and it's been a healthy bread and butter for me throughout my career and it also a very great example of how there is no specific route that you have to go down you have, don't have to study it and then do work experience in that place and then you get a job there it just doesn't always work like that no. but I think that's quite freeing to know yeah, I mean, and the DIY route is one thing, like, like Danny was saying, you know, with your blog, it's like, if you can't get on a label, set up a label, you know, if you can't get a gig, Absolutely. set up your own gig. The creative industries is, is huge, you know, and the, and the thing is, is the difficult thing is to decide what you want to do. You know, that's the thing, because there's so many different opportunities and stuff that you can do in the creative industry. That's the tricky bit, really. So, is, yeah. Um, Dolly, what advice would you give to anybody who wants to be a professional makeup artist, but they don't really know how to get themselves out there? Like, what would you suggest? Well, we have Instagram and we have YouTube. Yeah. So do you I think th they're like the, the saviors, really, now of getting yourself out there? I would say, yeah, because this is like the digital age. It's, everything yeah. is social. Um, like if I had started makeup per se, like when I was 18, you know, I could have been, I could have been further than I am when I started four years ago because we didn't have all those resources. Yeah. Mm. I feel like everyone is so plugged into the social world and everything is just digital now. So it's like, 
you know, you can create an Instagram account. You don't have to really market yourself as much as you would have done maybe five, six, seven, eight years ago, where you'd have to maybe do flyers, leaflets, you know. Show people your book. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, your exactly, actual book. Oh, do you know, literally, Crazy. I remember, oh my God, I think this was when I was maybe, maybe 17. I don't know if you remember, they used to be like little photo shoot hand out people things in Oxford Circus. They were like, I'll oh, come and do a photo. Yeah, um, I did. Yeah. I, I styled for one yeah, of those companies. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so I was thinking, okay, yeah, this makeup thing is great. I, like I said, I was quite young at the time, but I did the whole photo shoot thing. And I remember they had portfolios of literally all the work they've done. And it's so different now because you can just literally do some work, take pictures and put it on Instagram, where before it's like a whole book of everything you've done. And I'm thinking, imagine that now having, I've got 238 posts, for example, on my Instagram. Imagine having a book with 238. 38 printouts like do you know what I mean it's like carrying that with you like hey here's what I do this is all my work do you know what I mean so I feel like Instagram now people should use that as their advantage go on it create a profile you have an outreach of millions and millions of people in different countries you can literally just yeah show your work showcase your work I was going to say as well YouTube one thing I would say to people you have to have you have to be consistent and you have to be committed because it's more I feel like Instagram you can carry it around, you have it on your phone, you can upload any time, it takes seconds. With YouTube, you have to be very consistent because it's, it's a longer process. You can't just be, be posting every day and it takes three minutes. Sometimes you, you need to upload a video and it takes about half an hour, an hour, maybe 24 hours. You know, you can't just put one video out and expect to get... You have to go for it. So I, I would say don't go into YouTube if you don't have a solid plan. Know that you can do three to four videos a week and put it out. You know, whatever it is, just have a plan for YouTube because... People, if you put a video out and you leave it for about a month, people will plug out and they'll be the next person that's more consistent than you doing more than you. So I would say, yeah, Instagram is to start off. Put your pictures up, put your videos up, interact, tag people, use your hashtags. It's easy. And yeah, that's that's but your It's also out. tough, though, because it's so saturated now, isn't it? Yeah, like, I there's agree. so many like Instagram makeup artists and it's also separating between the professional ones are the ones who are doing it as an influencer and there's yeah. just so much in that world, isn't there? I think you just have to decide which one you are. Are you going to do this on Instagram? Are you only going to do your face and put your pictures out or are you going to actually go out and do all the hard work as well because you really just need to find your niche, what you want to do, otherwise you'll just find yourself doing everything and or nothing, literally. Mm. So... so how much do all of you think that the industry is about the hustle? Do you think it's all about the hustle? Is it about the people that you know? Like, what's the most important thing here? I'll, I'll go and then give it to you. I would say, I would definitely say it is both. I think people respect your hard work. When people see you doing your thing, they're like, wow, you're really passionate about what you do. And I think people draw to that because you don't just want to have someone that is just taking the hands out of this opportunity. I'll go for it, but you're not putting in the hard work. I feel like you really need to go for it because it's respected. It's like, imagine me doing, busting my ass and seeing someone else do it. I respect you. Like, how can I help you help me? Let's do this together. It's like, it's more passion in it than just seeing someone that's maybe a bit lazy with it, just waiting for the next best thing to jump into, you know. And who you know obviously plays a big part because everything is connected. But I always say that we're all pieces to this big puzzle. And I feel like, yeah, there's, yeah, they're all pieces of the big puzzle, literally. There's something that you have that I may need, vice versa. And it just, we just work and build and continue to build till we can't build no more. Absolutely. Literally. <laughs> literally. Put it on a t-shirt. Exactly. <laughs> but I think um, you're right there. It is who you know. 
but you kind of have to work hard to meet the person who is important and then they're going to help you further on. Like you don't just suddenly know people, you have to work really hard. Imagine being in a room full of, I don't know, 100 people and in that room you have two people that literally could take you to the next big step. You have to have that confidence mm. to approach. I feel like, you know, maybe back in the day when there wasn't Instagram, you wouldn't know who's who and who does what. But imagine knowing someone on Instagram and you meet that person in person. It's like, oh my God, this is the person that I see all the time. I'm liking the pictures. Let me take this opportunity and approach them. Hi, this is what I do. And if it works, then the connection's there. So it's amazing that you have Instagram to actually visualize and see people and then initially have the opportunity to meet them. Some people you can't always DM them and get a response. So it's if you have the opportunity, always take it. When you see someone, go for it because that opportunity could just literally slide out your hands. So true. <laughs> Love that. So true. That's so cool. Um, I'd say there's a few things like with in terms of it being a hustle, if you're sort of out there trying to get to know people and make connections, you've got to remember that other people maybe want to know you at some point as well. So you've got to remember to kind of give back as mm. much as you're going for. Um, I think it's also really important to think it's not just who you know, but when you meet that person, like you were saying, you've got to be ready to go. You've got to like have everything backed up so you can't just kind of, I don't think you can blag it for that long or that much. Like when you meet that person, you see them in the room, you've got to be like, right, this is what I want to say to them. I know what I want to say. This is what I'm going to like tell them to check out my Insta or whatever. And I've backed it up or like they're going to go on my YouTube or my Spotify and if you're a band and I've got all the music ready for them, you've got to sort of be ready for that moment. I think that's really important as well. You've got to just have everything ready to go. Yeah. And just, yeah, just get out there and keep meeting people. It's not, it's not too hard nowadays to find out about the people that you maybe want to know, if you know what I mean. With the internet and social media, you can find out who the head of a record label is, or you can find out who your makeup artist that you love that did an artist that you really admire, or you know who's on the roster of this management company, and I really want to like find out more about them. It's not that hard. And I've had quite a few people in my job who have got my work email from our label address, and they've sent me a note saying, I really love what you're doing, or I love your artists. Would you like be up for a meeting for a coffee? Again, it's like that man manic thing of probably when I was a kid, I wouldn't have done that. I would have been too scared. But and and I've been like so impressed that they've done it that I've yeah. been like, yeah, sure, why not? Let's go meet up. Or I've had people who have applied for a job with us and then sent me a note personally saying, I've got an interview coming up. I wondered if you've got like 10 minutes where we could just chat and I could just ask you a few questions. And I just think it's so wonderful they've done it that I'm really happy to do that and give up my time and you know, go and have a chat with them. And then more often than not, that person's got the job. Yeah. So. Asking advice. I, I still ask advice. Yeah, like, all the time. Me too. Me too. You're always, always learning no matter where you get to. Um, come to panels like this as well, definitely. And, you know, the important thing for me in my career was uh, music conferences. Really important because so many people in the same area um, and not just kind of just going and checking out just the, you know, Korg or Roland is exploring all the little independent artists you know because they can make some really good connections and you can you know if you're a tech head and you're into tech stuff just introduce yourselves ask if you can test their equipment for you you know um, and <coughs> it's the same thing with record labels as well as asking if they can send you some promos and start to play up front releases and you can make those connections and you know you can beat a test for tech companies you can you know get your, your way in there and just be a little bit innovative with your approach um, and the conferences are really really important for me so I can't stress how much that is get there 
the same amount of people everywhere. Yeah, it's key information, right? Um, um, sorry, just to add one last yeah. thing onto that. Um, I think it's important to know your worth as well, know what you're good at and know what you can offer a company or offer an internship or offer a placement as well. It's like Matt was saying about doubling your fee and it worked out for you, you know? If you take a look at yourself or look at what you've done and it's okay, throughout all this, I've got a really good grasp of, I don't know, web data or how PR works or I've realized I'm really good with people, then go in whenever you meet someone, have an opportunity that arises. Just realize that you're able to bring something and work it into how like the conversation you're having. It's like when I, when I had my first interview for Red Light, I was able to go in and talk massively about Spotify data because I'm a massive nerd and really enjoy love <laughs> looking at trends and all these amazing dorky things that you can read about online. Um, and I was able to say, okay, you go in, you see this data, this is what you can do with this data, this is how you can apply it, and this could lead to this opportunity or maybe this person looked to get involved. And it's about seeing what you're good at and just seeing how you can make it work and having the confidence to realise, okay, I'm good at this, I know about this, and I can do this. That's half the battle as well. I could sit here and talk to you guys all day. <laughs> like, it's actually quite rare that you can sit down with people from all different industries and or different jobs even in the same industry and be really honest and open about the ins and outs of your job. So I think we have a couple of questions from our audience, if anyone has any. Hi, um, for Danny and Mel, um, who are your favourite artists to manage and promote? Oh, can't ask Big that. One. Big one. <laughs> I can't answer that. Really? Um, you can have I, a favourite. I, I love them all. Listen. Honestly, I love them all. I'm not even just saying this because I have to. I think they're all amazing. I think even before I started working for Red Light or started working in management, there were certain genres that I wouldn't have gravitated towards as a fan, perhaps. But now I realise, oh my God, you're so talented. You can do this. And it just sounds incredible. And they're all lovely as well. They're all fundamentally lovely human beings. Do you have any faves, Mel? I can't. I re it's so... It's, or if not a fave, why you can maybe pinpoint one that you like and why. It may not be your favourite, but like something that stands out about the artist. Oh my gosh. I re it's, it's so hard. Well, you were with Getz last night, I right? I was with Getz. I love Getz. I've worked with him for just a year now, and he's been unbelievable. I literally, I learn so much from him every time I'm with him. He, like, opens my mind. He always teaches me something. He's so passionate. He's so open-minded. He'll listen to sort of every single type of music and get something from it. Um, he's, he's really inspirational. I absolutely adore him. He's brilliant. Um, but it's just, it's, you meet so many different people in this industry, like from so many different walks of life and people that you probably wouldn't normally get to know. And that's probably the best bit, actually. Yeah, is so true. And helping people to kind of get to the next level, supporting them like you do, like making them feel good about what they're going to do and perform. Because it's not actually easy. Like it looks all like, you know, it's all a bit smoke and mirrors, really. It's not yeah. as glamorous as it seems. And there's a lot of hard work and there's a lot of long hours. Like, we all know how late we were up last night just mm -hmm. working at this show um, and creating something beautiful. And and you just, yeah, it's it's you have just brilliant moments with lots of different people along the way, I think. I think that every campaign that I've been lucky enough to be involved in has been rewarding in its own way as well. So for the bigger campaigns, you may be signed to a large label whereby there's a whole team around them and it's really exciting to see all these moving parts like TV pluggers and radio and PR and everything just slotting into one when a release comes out or we get a result like a piece of press coverage. 
But for the more independent artists as well, there's a real DIY spirit and a real feel of, okay, we're making this happen when you put out a piece of music that you think is absolutely incredible. It's like I'm working with an amazingly talented singer-songwriter called Jens Kuros at the moment. Um, cheap plug, but look him up, he's incredible. <laughs> um, um, Professional, And yeah. always. And just, yeah, it's just being involved on a really hands-on level. It's a self-release and, you know, seeing it go from demo again through to every iteration of the track, then putting together the artwork and having a more small dynamic team involved, it's it's a great feeling, it's equally rewarding because you get to put this amazing piece of music out that might get picked up by someone and will blow up eventually, I'm, I'm sure. It's just a great feeling. Do we have any more questions? Hi. Hi, again, mainly for Danny and Mel. In terms of the creative side of looking after your artists, how involved are you in that whole process, so like in terms of videos, photo shoots, is that something that you sort of leave very much to the artist, or is that you sort of help steer them, or is that does that differ? I think it definitely differs from artist to artist in the same respect that maybe an A and R professional may be more hands on with certain clients and an album than you will for other clients. You know, it's like with some clients, you may get someone saying, "Right, I've got a really firm idea of how I want this to look. This is the video." this is the album, I'm going to go away and deliver it. And I'm like, amazing, cool, it's fantastic, get on with it, I'm amazing. But for other artists who may ask your opinion, like, I don't know, should the vocal be louder? Or how do you think the photo shoot should look? Or we need more of a team effort on this. So you weigh in, you give your two cents, and you come to a consensus between you and everyone else. So it's a really individual, artist-driven, for it is always artist-driven thing, but sometimes more of a team effort. Yeah, it's quite similar. I work with a lot of independent artists because of uh, working for a label services setup, uh, where a lot of artists come to us through small labels and they feed through us to go to sort of a wider audience or they have their own label themselves. And so a lot of them come with really strong visions. Someone like Getz, for instance, really knows what he wants. Um, but some of them just don't have that same background or just want advice or have been doing something a certain way and working with a certain say videographer for a long time and they feel like they want to try something new and that's when we'll come in and suggest people we've worked with before and people we think would be a good fit or um, there's probably not as much money flying around, budget flying around nowadays to be able to just try out things and see how it goes. Um, but there's also still ways that you can get together and and get ideas and try a few things yourself before you then go to a photographer and try and do a big shoot or go to a, a director and get a big video done. Um, but it's all, a lot of it does come from the artist. And I think especially nowadays, everything's so visual with the advent of YouTube particularly. And like, you know, and every artist still wants their video on MTV. Like it's still a big moment for them. And so I think younger artists in particular have very visual ideas when they're creating their music. So they'll often come with like a whole idea of the concept of the album and and videos. I've worked with an artist before with a band called Travis where they had an album out not that long ago where they had a video for every song that became a mini film. And that all came about when they were in the studio basically. So it's quite different, I think, to how it used to be. Um, and it's just a big old mix really. Nice, thank you. Okay, well, I think we have to round up there, but um, I do want to say a massive thank you to MTV, to everyone who came down today in Plymouth, uh, to everyone listening on the podcast, and of course to our lovely panel, Mel, Dolly, Matt, Danny, you guys have been sick. Thank you very much. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to this MTV Breaks podcast. Let us know what career advice you liked best or what you'd like to hear more of using the hashtag MTV Breaks podcast. To catch up on some of the action from Plymouth Music Week, search on social using the hashtag MTV Music Week. Catch you soon.